It was during my second year of university where I had been streaming part-time on the side, essentially to make some money, but also just as a fun hobby that I had. And there was a specific month where I had gotten a few sponsors and I generated around five figures, $10,000 in one month. And that was like a mental trigger to kind of recognize that there was potential for this to be so much more. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Valley podcast. We're about to get started with another amazing guest who's sharing incredible insights. And I want to make sure that you are aware that all of this is made possible by Mind Valley. And right now, Mind Valley has an amazing package that you can take advantage of called All Access. If you haven't heard of it before, this is basically getting every single quest of Mind Valley available to you for an annual price of under $600. And the best part is you can get started, have a test drive if you've never done a quest before and see how amazing this transformational material is. If for any reason you feel is not what you're looking for, you're always eligible for a refund within the first 30 days. So I urge you to go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. That way you'll be able to take advantage of this incredible offer and it will support our shows and free content such as superhumans at work that you get to listen to twice a week. So go in there, check out the quests that are available. All the information will be on that page, which is mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, where you can and also find this link in the show notes. And now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. Today, we're going to have a special episode where we're going to talk about an industry you may or may not have heard of before. Streaming, Twitch, gaming. It's a huge industry that has boomed in the later years, and most people have no idea of what is happening behind the scenes there. And so the guest that I'm going to bring to you today is one of the biggest influencers and participators in this world of virtual gaming, gaming online, and building a whole business ecosystem around that whole premise. We're going to have Iman Anis, also known as Pokimane. He is a worldwide best-known live streamer who has a following of over 24 million people. And what she's done is really take her skills when it comes to gaming and transform it into a brand that gets recognized by NFL, Samsung, Epic Games, Warner Brothers, and so much more. She consistently puts herself out there, generates a ton of content, and engages with people around the world to make them be entertained and educated and directed towards higher things. I'm so fascinated by this world that I know very little about which is why I wanted to bring her on the show to talk more about what this world is about, what is this industry that you can learn from and apply those skills within your own business, and what does it mean to run an empire of such a size? Iman, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me and for, I think, probably the best and nicest introduction I've ever received. Thank you very much. I'm well, so excited to be here. Well, I was surprised about you saying that because I know little about the industry and i know you've done so many accomplishments like i was reading your bio it's like wow you were nominated as content creator of the year you were one of the best twitch streamers of the year you have a following across every platform and raving fans everywhere and i have to go back to the beginning because i know you were studying engineering and you were on this kind of cookie cutter career path and at some point 
by playing video games, you completely changed the industry and went into that. So I'd be curious to go to that beginning moment. How was it when you made that transition from that straight line, go into engineering, continue your career into going in this brand new field? Absolutely. So I come from a family of mainly teachers and engineers. And so obviously I went down one of those two roads, which was engineering. And it was during my second year of university where I had been streaming part-time on the side, essentially to make some money, but also just as a fun hobby that I had. And there was a specific month where I had gotten a few sponsors and I generated around five figures, $10,000 in one month. And that was like a mental trigger to kind of recognize that there was potential for this to be so much more, especially as, you know, a college student who was in debt. For me to be able to make that much in a month was really incredible and almost forced me to look at it in a different way and see it as a potential viable career. So once that happened, I kind of started thinking and realizing and recognizing the fact that I had an opportunity in my hands in that moment, especially when it comes to online attention and trends, they can come and go very fast. So I really felt I had to act on it and try to take it further in that moment. So kind of had to put a pause on school. I can totally understand. And this is fascinating because most people are like, wait a second, you got paid for gaming. Can you give us more <laughs> about what this industry is and how come there's a lucrative opportunity here? Absolutely. So to start off streaming, essentially a streamer is someone who broadcasts themselves online, but in real time. So the way I like to describe it is kind of like you're watching someone on YouTube, but instead of it being a video, it is live and you can interact with them. You can ask them questions and you can interact with other people that are viewing via a chat beside the video. So specifically in regards to gaming, well, Gaming is obviously a massive business. And once you become an influencer in that space, you are able to sell a variety of things to the audience that you have, particularly, obviously, games. So I would say that is the most common deal within our industry, whether it's just being paid to play a certain game or promote a certain game. But the beauty of it is that, especially when you're streaming, people get to know you as a person and get attached to you as a person to the point where they're happy to kind of hear about any part of your day or your life. You know, sometimes your viewers want to know what kind of toothpaste you use because that's just the kind of relationship that you build when someone watches you for so many hours straight. I'm talking four, eight, 12 hour broadcasts. You just kind of build that connection with your viewer and the viewer builds that connection with you. That is fascinating. And I need to do a recall to a previous interview that I had. His name was Alex Mendocian. He was a person that talks about sales. And he was saying that, you know, the model in sales is about attention, interest, desire, and action. Yet in today's world, 80% of our efforts need to be put on getting people's attention because we're being bombarded by messages everywhere. And you're telling me that through this medium, you can capture people's attention for four, six to eight hours at a time. That is fascinating and unheard of. I can understand why there's so much value in this industry. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you recognize that because it's one of the points that I feel is kind of difficult to convey how different streaming viewership is to anything else. It is so different from a like on Instagram or even a view on YouTube. 
Because when you have a real viewer on Twitch, sure, some of them may stay for a couple minutes if they're not interested in what you're doing, but truly some of them watch for hours and hours. There was a funny meme that I've seen, which actually podcast is one of those mediums that would be as similar to streaming because you see, like you said, YouTube, people stay a couple minutes. Instagram, forget it. Capturing them for three <laughs> seconds is a exactly. miracle. Exactly. Yet here you're beating podcasts by a wide margin. So that's obviously a massive business. And that kind of brings me into this path because most people might be looking at it from the outside and being like, wow, look at this. An influencer who's just playing video games. What an easy life. And I've had a chance to see a bit of how the inner workings behind how you manage. It's not a lifestyle. This is a full-time business, isn't it? Absolutely. Not only is it a full-time business for me, but also a couple people that I employ. Well, perhaps more than a couple. Honestly, I've built it out to almost be a well-oiled machine in a sense. I am, of course, at the middle of it where I hope to do the best that I can, create entertaining content and be, in a sense, the talent. But I also need, of course, an agent that can help sort through the right deals for me, which, of course, back in the day when I did it as a hobby, I was my own agent reading through my own business emails. Luckily, I have someone who can do that and do it much better than I can. Also, a manager to keep me on track in terms of my day-to-day -day and making sure, you know, I don't miss great podcasts like these. <laughs> yeah, I also, of course, need sometimes a personal assistant, a social media manager. You know, it's incredible the amount of things that you can do on the internet. And there are now so many platforms and so many outlets. So I feel like in order to do your best to take advantage of all these opportunities. You need as much help as you can, and you really need to, over time, build out a team to help you do that. You know, I know a lot of people that are solopreneurs out there, which are kind of entrepreneurs, yet they're the only one. They're the talent, they're the salesperson, they're the personal assistant. What was that like when you made the decision to start growing a team? And what was kind of like the point that you were at just before you hired that first person that motivated you to realize that this is not a one woman show, this is going to require a team? Absolutely. So I think with streamers, especially sometimes the first person you hire, and I think not many of them realize this, is actually just a video editor. So hand-in-hand -hand streaming, typically on Twitch or sometimes other platforms, and YouTube videos. A lot of people will take their streams that they do and then, in a sense, recycle them onto YouTube. And you could do that, but editing requires a lot of time and effort. So although I used to do that at the beginning, I quickly realized that if I was to make the best out of the time that I have, the 24 hours that we all have in a day, I think it's probably better for me to hire out a video editor. And, you know, it's even more profitable for me to give them all of the revenue from my YouTube channel, because afterwards, I still generate a lot of exposure from these videos. And essentially, it's still best for my business as a whole. So that was probably the first step to just realize I don't have enough time and energy to do both of these things at 100%. And then afterwards, luckily coming across managers and agents that wanted to work with me. And I think it was a really wonderful learning experience to see the difference that it makes to be able to delegate certain things in your life, how much less stress that I have, luckily, and how freeing it is to know that things will be handled by someone who's an expert in that specific thing. That's really amazing because I think a lot of people might be hesitating before making these mm -hmm. kinds of moves, I've which heard accelerate. That a lot. Yeah, it's almost like you're afraid to overhire. Have you ever had an instant that you hired someone too early in the process? Hmm. 
I think not so much too early, but I will say that not every single hire will be a perfect fit. And I think that's a very important mindset to go into it with and realize that there is a few ways that it can go. Sometimes you find a great person with potential, but they need you to handhold them and need to teach them. I've done so much work with my video editors, honestly, countless hours of feedback back and forth. And it's really amazing to be able to work and grow someone into being the perfect fit for your team. But sometimes you hire someone and it's just not the right fit. Perhaps they don't have the right attitude that you want or you guys don't mesh as much as you'd hoped so. And you just need to understand that just because it wasn't the right fit doesn't mean that that added help wasn't necessary or really helpful overall. That's so true. And I have to give a nudge because I have a personal assistant. Christina, I know you're listening to this and I love you. Thank you, Christina. Because <laughs> all of the research, all the coordinating, it's a lot of back and forth. And it's almost like once you decide to invest in that person and spend time in growing them, it gives you the freedom that I think most people have been getting into, you know, building a higher income to find freedom in the process. And so this is amazing. It sounds to me like you have this natural ability to kind of recognize places that need to be turned into systems or processes, delegation, automation. Is there a particular, you know, skill set or habits that you had even from a young age that made you recognize these kinds of opportunity? <laughs> it's probably the first time that someone has really seen that in me. So thank you so much for pointing that out. I think especially as you know, I've gotten into my 20s, I've learned a lot more about myself and I recognize that I think I'm just an optimizer. Ever since I was young, I just loved maths and science. And obviously that's why I went into engineering. And I'm sure for any engineers out there, you understand the importance of efficiency. And I feel like I kind of look at almost all aspects of my life through that lens, sometimes a little bit too much. You got to make sure there's a good balance and you're able to turn that switch off. But yeah, I think that has been probably my largest tool and helping hand. And I feel so lucky that I have a pretty good ability to solve problems. So I also think, yeah, it especially came from math classes. <laughs> it's funny, I, I used to tell all the people that I'm probably one of the laziest people that they know, because every time I see something that needs to be done three times, I try to build a process that will be done in limited times, but not by me. So I totally <laughs> empathize with that. And <laughs> I kind of also wanted to maybe give words of advice, like is streaming an industry that you encourage a lot of people to discover? Because I know you help a lot of entrepreneurs, you try to help businesses as well. Is this something that, especially let's say in 2020, where a lot of us are working from home, maybe shifted our careers, maybe our jobs was lost or we've been reorganized. Is this a career that you encourage people to jump into, especially since I feel like a lot of people want to do it to become famous or get rich? Yes, that is very, very common nowadays. I think people hear about Creators that have been, for example, as lucky as me, I think I got into streaming at a really good time. I'm so lucky and grateful to have had the success that I have. But I also don't think it is a career path that is for everybody. I think it's so accessible that anybody that wants to should try it. If it's of interest to you, you know, there's no day like today, go ahead and try it. And I think the beauty of streaming is that I often found that whether you start it just as a hobby or because your friends told you to, there's a way that the viewers will just instantly be attracted to the types of people that are simply meant to be streamers, that just have that X factor or are really easy to interact with. And 
So I will say it's really not worth to do it for the money because it takes so long to get to a point where it's profitable. And the most important thing is that you will not succeed in this field if you don't enjoy it. If you don't enjoy talking to people, if you don't enjoy the games, that is always the first step and the most important step. Fair enough. Do you need to be good at the games? I feel like I want to go <laughs> streaming, but I have no experience playing games. No. And also, it has just expanded so much that there are now, I have a really good friend. His name is Dr. K. He's a therapist and he has a stream where he brings on other streamers and he has essentially therapy slash life coaching sessions with them. Doesn't play any games, but is still immensely successful. So at this day and age, you can stream anything. That's incredible. Actually, I remember reading the news and you were in it where you actually brought in U.S. Representative Alexandria Ursacio-Cortez, AOC, to actually go on a stream. And I thought that was a powerful outreach for her to reach younger voters. And so was this an initiative you did that was kind of in line with the values you wanted to promote as well? One thousand percent. I think it was probably the single most fulfilling stream I've ever done. Just seeing such an amazing intersection between the area in which I have quite a bit of expertise, i.e. streaming, and also an opportunity to do so much good in the world and really stand up for the things that I value and try to push people to doing a good thing. I am just so immensely happy that that opportunity came my way. And yeah, it's absolutely a day that I will never forget. That's incredible. And that kind of brings me to you know, understanding you a little bit, because it sounds like if you have to do live streams for four, six, eight hours, is private, public, or, you know, work-life balance even a possibility? And how do you start managing that when you're in this world? I think it is extremely difficult, and I would say a never-ending balance. I think probably not just for streamers, but for anyone who's a bit of a workaholic, but especially for streamers, because in this specific industry, the more work and more hours streamed is always the most beneficial thing to do. Whereas sometimes I feel in other industries, you can optimize in other ways. But essentially in streaming, you're told like any hour that you are not live or you're not doing something in relation to streaming is an hour lost. And that can be really exhausting. So you will oftentimes see people stream 12 hours a day for many days on end and push themselves with coffee or whatever stimulants and Although it may be good for your channel, it may be good for your bank account, ultimately it's not good for you or your health typically. And I think if I want to lead and live a long, healthy life and do as much as I can, I have to always be thinking about the long term and making sure that I'm balancing those two things. That's brilliant. And so would you be able to share maybe some of the self-care practices that you follow that helps you kind of have that recharge as you charge forward and do this amazing stuff around the business? Sure. So. I, of course, love a little bit of daily meditation, whether it's via an app. There are so many like lovely meditation, not just apps, but YouTube videos and places to download and obviously Mind Valley as well. And honestly, I think spending time with your pets, if you have any, is extremely therapeutic. I also try to move my body in some way every day if I can. Sometimes, of course, it's like going to the gym and having a full-blown exercise, but also just stretching, doing a bit of yoga, walking around. Anything where, you know, you get some movement in helps a ton. 
I also try to essentially have a nice morning ritual and an evening ritual. So in the morning, I like to meditate, get myself in a good headspace. My personal drink of choice is a matcha latte. And having a good breakfast, I feel like, really sets me up for the day. I also never touch my phone prior to getting out of bed. That's a really important one for me. And in the evening, I like to also just get myself ready to sleep well, because having a good seven, eight hours is essential for me. And that typically involves also turning off my phone, a good skincare routine, and reading a bit before bed always just helps, you know, kind of slow the mind down and make sure that I recharge the way that I need to. All right. Well, you would make a good Mind Valley ambassador if those are the routines you have. It's definitely <laughs> something we. I would love to work <laughs> with you guys some more. I'm really amazed by all that you've accomplished and done, but particularly just the goal of wanting to help and uplift others towards a more mindful, happy life is just so in line with what I want for my future as well. That's absolutely brilliant. And we can definitely talk after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to ask, you know, let's paint a clear picture for the people. Mm -hmm. So you're in a streamer career, went through your morning and evening routine. But what does a typical day look like when you know you're going to be streaming? And how much of that, you know, aspect of doing the stream, which is kind of being the talent versus being the manager of the business, because those are two big hats that you need to wear. So I'd be curious of what's the proportion of time you spend doing one versus the other. So it's a bit tough to say because, for example, today I had an appointment in the morning and I have this podcast now, but throughout the day I have been messaging about six different people in regards to some sort of either a business opportunity or something relating to work. So it feels like intermittently I am always working in that sense, but on a day where I'm actually streaming, I usually try to wake up, do my morning routine, get ready. And I always try to check my messaging apps so I can stay in touch with my manager and my agent and see if I have anything that I need to get done before the end of the day. So I make sure that I allot enough time for it. And then I will usually stream. I try to do like four to six hours typically. I feel like that's a pretty healthy balance. And then afterwards, I try to go through all of the apps that we usually use to put up deals or things that I need to respond to. Yeah, I wish I had counted to try to give you a better percentage, but it really depends on the day. I'd say overall, probably half to 60% of my work is streaming and the rest is just behind the scenes. So it's very much a large proportion, yeah. I love it. From what I understand, you know, a lot of the income that comes from being in this industry is with working with brands and partners. And I'd be curious to know, I, obviously, you spoke about how your best stream was obviously doing one that did a public good that, you know, made a major impact. I'd be curious to know if you have a sort of filter or value-based filter when it comes to choosing these sponsors. Are there certain deals that you know you refuse because it doesn't necessarily push, you know, your consumers or your followers into consuming things that don't align with your values? And I'd be curious to know where do you draw that line? Yes. So I can't say I'm a perfect person, but I do try my best. And I think with every year, I try to make more ethical choices with my work and my business, knowing that I am impacting so many people. So ever since I started streaming, I essentially vowed not to take any sponsorships for gambling or alcohol, not because I am personally super opposed to either, but mainly because I just don't want it on my conscience to feel like I may be enabling someone else's bad behavior, any issues like that. 
And any time that I try to work with a company, I want to make sure that their goals and their ethics are in line with mine as well. Whether that's, you know, if it was a drink, I want to make sure that the ingredients are healthy. There isn't anything really bad in there. And I genuinely try to make sure that anything I'm promoting to my audience is the same type of thing that I would either use myself or promote to my family, my friends. I feel like all humans should be treated with respect in that sense. I don't feel like I value my viewership any less than I would someone who lives with me or someone who's close to me or even myself. Brilliant. I think if a lot more people decided to act with those kinds of values, we'd see the world with a lot less problems. I really hope so. I hope to inspire that in others as well. You know, you seem to be at the pinnacle of this industry. You're at the top and you're doing incredible things. I'd be wanting to close this off and ask, you know, what's the next big moves? Like, is this currently the path you want to continue on? Are there other things that you're looking to pursue? And what will Pokimane look like as a brand in the next five years? So I do absolutely love and have a great passion for gaming. But I also feel like I have a passion for so many other things that I would love to pursue, whether it's my love for education or mindfulness with Mind Valley, these kind of opportunities. With every year that goes on, I just want to explore them more and more. And I hope to, in a sense, in the same way that Rihanna essentially went from being an artist and a musician and singing and being amazing in her field and then slowly turn into a businesswoman that does so many incredible things, I feel like I hope to head in a similar path. But essentially, it starts with doing the things like this, working with and partnering with podcasts and companies and people whose values align with mine and seeing where that leads down the line. That is brilliant. Imani, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We had a great conversation getting to discover a lot about this industry. And what I want to do for the listeners is just a quick recap here is that streaming is an industry where people watch you play video games. Now you think that that's something that's just playing around and maybe just a leisure activity, but no, it is a massive industry where you can grow your reach, connect with people, and you can go long-term and capture people's attention. In a world where attention is the biggest luxury that people are competing for, you can see why brands are always looking to support the people that are streaming with an audience. So it's something you definitely want to pay attention to. And within your own industry, see the places that you can capture people's attention, knowing that gaming is the industry that is capturing most of people's attention today. You've seen that the transition from going through a cookie cutter career and jumping on an opportunity that was seeing ripe is actually what Iman did and with amazing success. And when you do that transition into building a team, wanting to build a business, it goes beyond yourself and you need to look at the areas you can optimize. Find out what is that key skill that you can do better than everybody else and see how you can outsource the rest. There's tons of episodes on this podcast that we've had people speaking about automation, delegation, and if you've seen the show notes, we'll link to these episodes so you can learn about it. But you see here, Iman was able to find the right people and sometimes it's not the right people, but still pursuing that path will make you more optimized and make you make a bigger impact in the process. You've seen that as you start doing the things that capture attention, you can direct that attention to the things you're passionate about. You've seen how you can become more selective on the deals that you decide to do and the people you do business with so that they support the same things you want to bring into your life. When you live with that kind of integrity, people know it, people see the authenticity, and they'll want to work with you as much. Now, if you're curious about the field of streaming, we'll put some links that can teach you about how are the basics to get you started. And if you're not currently following Pokimane on all the channels, you will see all her links. It's incredible to see this industry. You can learn more about her and everything that she does. I think it's absolutely amazing. And I think it's only just the beginning. 
Thanks again, Pokimane, for being on the show and everybody watching. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in to Superhumans at Work, which is always brought to you by Mindvalley. Know that All Access is our greatest offer where all of amazing quests in every area of your life are made available for you for under $2 a day. Simply go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, and then you'll get a chance to uncover all of the available journeys that you can go through to improve every single area of your life. Mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman is where you'll get all the information and you'll get to see what it's like to be part of a tribe of people looking to always improve and do the best possible in the world by starting with themselves. Thanks so much for tuning in and until next time, stay superhuman. My name is Jason Campbell and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. <laughs>